Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery, and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets, and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. So one thing that people have asked of me is to do podcasts that are more specific on a certain kind of path Um, because witchcraft is such a huge topic. There is so much to talk about. So people really wanted me to kind of like narrow it down a little bit. Um, And one thing that I know a lot of you guys are really connected to is the water. We have a lot of sea witches out there. We have a lot of ocean lovers and water lovers. And the first person that came to my mind was this amazing girl I've been watching on Instagram for ages. Like I've been a real like Insta stalker with her because she just puts up some really cool content. And I've also read her book. So I'm a legit fan. Um, but I have her here with me today and her name is Anwen Avalon. She is a magical witch. She's an oracle reader. She's, like I said, an amazing author of water witchcraft and she's also a water priestess. So I'm assuming she knows a little bit about water. So I'm excited to pick her brain. So Anwen, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, where, so where are you in the world right now? So currently I live in Oregon, which is in the Pacific Pacific Northwest in the U.S., Um, but uh, we'll see how long I stay. Do you like Um, to float around a little bit? um, Not really. I just would really love to move to the U.K. So, um, you know, I said that the only only reason I would move and leave here is for the U.K., so, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but... Oh, exciting, exciting. Um, I, I love it here in Oregon. It's beautiful and it has a um, real similar climate and a lot of similar plants to England. Oh, so it'd be an easy move for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Now, the first question I like to start with is at the very beginning of your day. So do you have a morning ritual? Do you have, and it could be a magical one. It could be a mundane one, but is there something that you like to do to start your day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have actually both magical and mundane. Amazing. Um, so we'll start with the mundane first. Yes. So, um, which actually kind of ends up being a little magical on some mornings, but um, <laughs> the mundane is I love my coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't have a lot of caffeine because I'm a little bit, I get a little bit like, whoo, I'm with too, you. you know, <laughs> too hyper, too jittery if I have too much. So I like to drink it nice and early, and mm-hmm. I'm not a morning person. Okay. I, um, it, yeah, I take a little bit to wake up. Mm-hmm. So you're a slow that, burner. Yeah, having that like <laughs> nice warm cup of coffee in the morning is just fantastic. Um, and usually I drink it with my partner mm-hmm. and it gets a little magical when, you know, we have those like rainy days when we just like sit in bed mm-hmm. and drink our coffee and, you know, that kind of stuff. 
Um, but on the magical side, mm-hmm. once I'm actually up and moving, um, a lot of the reels that you see on my Instagram mm-hmm. are done in the mornings as mm. daily devotionals. Not always, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are. Um, sometimes I record them the day before. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I record them the morning of, especially like when I'm like really kind of feeling inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have um, my my house is split into two. And so I have a very mundane side um, with bedrooms and family stuff and animals. I've got dogs and cats, you know, Um, and then I have this side of the house, which actually has its own entrance right here, which is really nice for clients Mm -hmm. to come in and stuff like that. Um, But uh, so once I kind of get through that process of waking up and all that, then I end up in the magic room. That's usually the first place I come. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the magic room's actually right back here. Yep. Um, and this is the apothecary. Um, so if you ever hear me reference apothecary or, or magic room, that's, that's where you're at. That's there, where I'm at, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, my big, huge water shrine over here mm-hmm. um, to the right. And um, usually I check on my candle. I have a um, perpetual flame that I've been keeping. Wow. Um, actually, uh, it, this is a newer thing. Um, I brought it back from Glastonbury. Um, and so wow. how did you manage like, that? So it's confused. Like I was always wondering how people did this, right? Like, yeah. because I envisioned like myself sitting on the plane, like <laughs> yeah. holding this little candle, just being Walk like, slowly oh, past okay. me. <laughs> like it's, it's fine. Like this, it's just, a, you know, a flame. Yeah. So I, I learned how to extinguish it, um, you know, just with the spit instead of breath. Yeah. Um, and then carry the wick back that has the signature of that flame right. and then lighting it. Um, so, so it's like yeah. the wick is holding that energy. So yeah. you just kind of reignite the energy. Exactly. Got yes. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is actually a newer or newer thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with my practice being focused on water, it's also heavily focused on Avalon and, um, even some of the water goddesses that I work with, mm-hmm. um, have had per- perpetual flames in their temples, even though they're water goddesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. so bringing the Avalon flame back, um, from Glastonbury and lighting it on my altar and keeping it has been, um, really special. And it's really kind of reignited a lot of, um, inspiration, um, around, around all of this. Um, so I've been checking that in the morning and if it's low, lighting a new candle, getting that in flow. Um, and I usually spend time at my altars, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, even on a day where, I don't record a reel <laughs> yeah. or, you know, it's just a simple, something simple. Um, it, you know, they can be as simple as just taking water and putting fresh rose petals in it and mm-hmm. saying a blessing mm-hmm. or a prayer or an incantation and then pouring that as libations to a, a, a water spirit or deity. Um, so it can be as simple as that is just pouring a little bit of, of water in the morning to give to your, your water spirits or your altar mm-hmm. or ancestors. I mean, if you, if you don't work with water and you work with ancestors, water is life force. Yeah. Um, and so to give that as an offering to the ancestors, um, is, is quite beautiful as well. 
Wow. You just blew my mind. Like when I, when there's like a subject that I get really excited about, I get all like tingly and like fidgety. And like right now I'm like, I don't even know what to ask. There's so many questions. (laughs) So, okay. So the flame from like the Avalon flame is amazing. And I, that's, that's where my brain went because that excites me so much. So what, what was the, why did you want to do that? What's the purpose of the flame for you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've (laughs) always been fascinated by Bridget's flame. um, Yes. Kildare. This is a really popular one Mm -hmm. um, that that we know about that's tended worldwide. Um, And while Bridget is a goddess that I work with and I've often um, revered and honored, um, she's not a goddess that I'm dedicated to. Yeah. Um, And Avalon, the energies of Avalon just are this luscious juicy casing around my heart Mm. if that makes any sense like Mm -hmm. just the energies of Avalon are like this warm hug around like my soul yeah and there's there's something so special about the Isle of Avalon the Isle of Healing the Isle of Magic Mm -hmm. and the energies of Avalon and, and modern day Glastonbury um and modern day Glastonbury really called me years ago 2012 was the Mm -hmm. first time I'd been to England many times um but in 2012 I was called and I I went on a pilgrimage and it changed my life every time I've gone there it changes my life majorly in fact that first visit laid the foundation for all of my water work wow I'd already been working with water but it was at that point that um it really was like it solidified it's solidified. Yeah. And, and I, I got this message at there in Glastonbury at the sacred Springs to go and teach about water, teach people water magic. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what, like, what? And mm. like, you already know, you know, everything, like you've been doing it, you've been learning it. And so to keep things short, um, you know, that's kind of where it all began. And yep. the, I started teaching water magic and I, I did, I taught my first class a year later, and then that turned into a nine month water magic course. And then that turned into the first book, water mm-hmm. witchcraft. Um, and I mean, so many different reincarnations and I did so much different work for the book yeah. and the course and things like that. But, um, so really Glastonbury, Avalon, these energies, and and the reason why I have Avalon is is my last name, mm-hmm. um, is because there's just this such this this strong pull. Yeah. And um, so when I went back in 18, 2018, same thing. Mm. I came out really inspired and started writing Water Priestess, and um, so there's my foundation with water magic really is there in yeah. Avalon and Glastonbury and the red and the white springs and all these energies and working with Morgan Le Fay and Gwen Upnith and these Avalonian energies and spirits um, have just really surrounded me. So when I was there this last time, yeah. um, one of the gals I was traveling with had, had a really intense experience and we were actually in the Glastonbury goddess temple and they have these beautiful wicker, um, the, the nine Morgans, these beautiful wicker nine Morgans, and they're kind of holding hands and they're very tall. And so we, you can like crawl inside and it, it's wow. kind of like 
having these nine goddesses standing around you with their arms, you know, in this, this, it, it's so hard to explain and you have to really Ugh. experience, but, yeah. but she was having a moment and we had kind of crawled in after and we were excited talking and sharing and everything dies down a little bit and one trickles off and another trickles off and another trickles off. Yeah. And I, I end up kind of by myself in this space um, there in front of the, the, the goddess of Avalon, Lady of Avalon in the arms of the nine Morgan. And one of the other gals kind of was like, oh, Anwen, you, you've got to come and see this. You get a chance. So when I finished there, I climbed out and she's like, they have a perpetual flame here. And I was like, I knew this, yeah. but like, and because I visited here before, I, I knew that they had this, but, but this particular time I was like, I feel compelled to, to carry this, to, yeah. to bring this home and to keep these energies alight on my own altar. And uh, so I asked the, the temple tender at the time, I was like, would it be okay if I lit my candles off of these flames? And he basically was like, actually, that's what they're there for like wow to carry these these flames home and light them and um so yeah that's so amazing it it is just this light this beacon um that this energy that is connecting all the way back to all of these experiences yeah. and every all of the egregore that surrounds um Avalon and my own path um so yeah it's quite special and I don't I don't do a lot with fire every once in a while. I do yeah. candle spells and stuff like that. Um, but I don't consider myself like very fiery, but um, it's interesting because my maiden name translates into fire clan, um, wow. which is strange for, for me. <laughs> a water witch. Watery. <laughs> yeah. um, but it it is interesting when I look at some of the water goddesses that I work with mm -hmm. and Sulis, the goddess mm -hmm. Sulis is a solar goddess so she her her name is connected with the sun mm. but her waters come from like an aquifer way down below so she's a water goddess there's a, a temple a, a roman temple ruins in bath where her waters still bubble forth yeah um, it's a tourist attraction you can go and visit um and then you can actually go to a spa across the way that Ooh, nice uses those same um, therapeutic waters that the mm -hmm. Romans were using they use it in their spa so you can actually like partake of her waters in this like modern day setting wow that's beautiful but, but what a lot of people don't know is that there was an, a perpetual flame that was kept in her temple and um, so she's water she's the sun mm -hmm. she has a perpetual flame her springs are hot springs, so they're also mm -hmm. heated from the depths of the earth. And um, then she also has a name that, um, or a, a nickname that means goddess of the gap. So yeah. she's in between. So she's the underworld of where her, the aquifers, um, where her waters originate in the aquifers, heating up through the, the, the magma into the, the gap, the in-between, the liminal wow. space all the way up to the sun so there is no perpetual flame for her it doesn't yeah. exist because um you know her temple is now just a tourist attraction mm. um and I would love to have figured out how I could get some sort of Sula's perpetual flame going but this is 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 
so close. It it feels so close um, to that. And yep. the reason being is because the original flame from 2004 mm-hmm. was lit on Beltane by the sun. Wow. So they actually they didn't use a lighter, right? They didn't use a lighter <laughs> or anything like that. They used the sun to light something to light the flame. So when I had read that too, I, I just kind of had this like, oh, Avalon of my heart, a sun flame that's perpetual. It's perfect. Connects me with Zulus. Yeah, I it because it she was is like a, a balance of the two. Like I think fire and water, even though one mm-hmm. puts out the other. I feel like they just go so well because they create that balance. Like, and especially when you, like in that story you just told, she literally is the balance of both. And if they were ever going to be incorporated together, that's almost how it would be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So to have the flame on the water altar, it, it's deeply connecting me to the waters yeah. of Avalon, but also the waters of, of Sulis. And, you know, Glastonbury is not too far from Bath. They're... Yeah. It's about an hour drive. Okay. Honestly. So um, you know, it it's it's in a similar landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like the difference between Florida and California, where it's like a four-day drive. Like yeah. it's very close, you know, in on horseback, it would have taken you, you know, just a, a half a day to get to get from yeah. point A to point B. So this is this is landscape that is um very uh closely linked yes um so i even though sulis is not part of avalon and avalonian lore having her temple complex be so close to glastonbury those energies um, have been kind of combined yeah i feel that and that might be unverified you know pagan gnosis here but yeah for me that's yeah that's absolutely how i feel and we don't have any lore there's no mythology about Sulis um there's a little there's a tiny story about King Blood and um like the water like finding the waters Mm -hmm. but we don't have a mythology or a story like we do with Rhiannon um or with Caridwen you know oh I'm so sorry my dogs are barking that's totally (laughs) (laughs) it's a dog friendly podcast (laughs) (laughs) um so um yeah, so they, there isn't a mythology about her. We don't have the story like we do with Caridwen mm. um, or Rihanna or something like that. All we have is archaeological evidence. Yeah, um, which is fascinating. Um, but her mm. her worship goes all the way back to the Celts. Um, wow, it, she's quite fascinating because the Celts worshipped her first, then the Roman invaded and they built a huge temple complex to her um it was after um shortly after Boudicca yep um kind of whooped their booties up and down (laughs) um there's some theory theory only that perhaps building the temple complex was kind of a um like peace offering Mm -hmm. to you know to the Celts because for them to have built this gigantic temple complex for this Celtic goddess with yeah you know without mythology without you know any very of this different stuff. worlds yeah so they built this huge huge temple complex to her and um it was then it fell to ruins several hundred years later but then we have the crowning of the first english king that takes mm-hmm. place 
um, right there um, in that same area. We have a beautiful chapel, um, well, cathedral that is also erected like directly on the grounds of the Roman uh, temple. And then we see in the Regency in the Victorian era, it gets picked up again and we see literary uh, references to Bath in some mm -hmm. of the um, some of the period books from the Regency area, Regency era or the Victorian era where they're gonna go take the waters in Bath. Wow. Then we find about that same time, about that Regency period, late 1700s, 1800s, they start finding the, this is when her temple kind of comes back into the public eye where um, they, they find, you know, all these coins, they find her head, like her, the bust wow. of her head. Um, and they, they figure out that there's something there. And so they start the excavations, um, all the way as far back as like the 1700s, but it had been forgotten. Um, it was basically like the Celts were there kind of fell to ruin. The Romans were there, fell to ruin. Then we have, you know, the rise of the English empire, but it still um, remained. And it then was just waiting. Regency area brought back. And now we have this modern day Therme spa where once again, you can go to take the waters. The magic just and doesn't leave. It doesn't. And she's, I think that this talks about and speaks to how powerful of a goddess that she is. Yeah. The Romans, when they went and conquered things, they would say, oh, look at this goddess that's here. She's like Diana. So we'll basically just rename her Diana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or if they got to a certain point where they were like, oh, she's really important to the locals, we'll we'll put our goddess name first and then we'll just, you know, leave hers at yes. the end. Um, and they didn't do that with Sulis. They flopped it and they took Minerva, who they thought was the closest to her, and put it at the end mm -hmm. so that she remained Sulis Minerva. Mm -hmm. So the, they let her Celtic name give be her first. a name. Mm. which was so strange because anywhere else it would have been Minerva Sulis. Wow. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation. Oh, I know. I, there's so many things like part of me is like, I really just wish they would continue digging because under the Ro the Roman ruins are the Celtic ruins. So please keep going. Yeah, keep digging. <laughs> So with your connection with Avalon, because I like the way you described the way you feel about it, I have a very similar feeling. And for me, I've done a past life regression before where I am connected with Avalon. So for me, I think that's why when you described that, I was like, yes, because, and I've never been there and I'm dying to go over there. That's like a top of my list, but I, I can almost like remember it clear as day, what it felt like to be there. So do you think for you as well, it's a past life connection? There's so much about my path with the water priestess path and like becoming a witch and everything that is what I call a remembrance <clears throat> yeah. because there's, I don't say like, oh, I remember because I don't remember like I remember what I did yesterday, yeah. but there is this, there's my entire body 
reacts yeah. like I know these things. Yes. And so this is why I call it a remembrance. It's like I'm remembering something. Um, I wrote a little bit about this in um Water Priestess because I was so nervous to talk about past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, because they can often be they, they could be sticky and there's lots of opinions about past lives. And mm-hmm. of course that oh gosh, the you know. People are going to think I'm crazy if, but the the way I framed it, I think um, made me very comfortable because it didn't really put me out there saying like, oh yes, I know that I was this Avalonian priestess and like all this stuff, you know, but it was very much like, look, like this is, there's something here. I remember this yeah, and it, it, it brings something out. It evokes something from me that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's that way for a lot of people, um, men and women, you know, yep. both, because um, both are called to Avalon. Um, but yeah, like this, this understanding, this remembering of some of the things, like even some of the things I did as a child, I was like, oh my gosh, I just found like a description of this in a book. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I had no idea what I was doing. And I had that wasn't my intent, but that's what I was doing. Like I would go and collect jars and then like fill jars with rainwater and swamp water and like get other jars, you know, like save the spaghetti jar and the, Mm. you know, all the jars from dinner and wash those out and put plants in them and then put those on shelves. And um, this is the strangest thing, but I remember being in elementary school. So long before the age of 10, I I think it was first or second grade. um, I had, you know, like a little bit of money for doing chores and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, some pocket money. Right. And there were garage sales. I don't know if you guys have garage sales over there. Yeah. Okay. Big garage. So big garage sales, estate sales, you know, elderly folks passing away, stuff like that. And so I took my money and I would go to these garage sales and I would see these beautiful bottles and they would sell them to me for like a dollar. So I would come home with these really intricate decanters. Wow. And every witch's dream. Right. And I would take them <laughs> to the kitchen and I would fill them with water. Mm-hmm. And then I would pick food coloring and I would put different colors. And so my dresser was all of these decanter bottles full of water with different colored food. Wow. <laughs> like you, normal children don't do that. Like that's not. <laughs> It's just not something, you know, like my contempt, my, my peers were playing with Barbies and, and yeah. not to say that I didn't play with Barbies. I had some sure, but I wanted to put water in beautiful bottles mm. and I wanted to see them. I wanted to see them and the colors helped me see, you know, the bottles more. And so it was things like that, that later on when I was like, oh my God, like potions and bottles, like what? That's a thing. Um, <laughs> but then even when it comes to, to Avalon, before I even knew what Avalon was, mm-hmm. I knew that I was like, that was the path for me. Yeah. So I had just finished my year in a day um, studying with one of my, my teachers. And this was like the first real like witchcraft studying I had done. It was a mm-hmm. really intense course. Like my training manual was like, wow. Like, uh, like what those five inch three ring binder things you yeah. know like full it was 24 lessons um you know two a month it was it was intense mm. it was really intense um 
but I grad, I, I initiated and I finished and it was kind of like, all right, like what's next? And my high priestess said to me, she's like, you know, you're an Avalonian, right? Mm. And I was like, yes. That makes yes. sense. Yeah. Yes. So what's an Avalonian? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she said that to me and everything in my body reacted and was like, yes. Yes, this is, this is, yes, I am an Avalonian. So, so can you tell me what that is, please? (laughs) Um, And she sent me off to the Avalon Mystery School um, and under Mara Freeman. um, Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, like I am obsessed with it and I'm being called to Avalon and I I have like this draw, like I have to go, like if I don't (laughs) go, like I feel like I'm going to explode. Yeah. Um, so she calls. Yeah. Avalon calls and, uh, whew, yeah, yeah, it's, it's strong, cool. isn't it? Mm. Cool. Because yeah. it's such a soul. It's like you're a piece of your soul is empty. And it's like, as soon as you make that connection, it's like something is placed there straight away and you can't ignore it. Like it's just too vibrant that you can't just continue yeah. on as normal. Yeah. Like I, like, I feel like sometimes, like, I was just there for, you know, two weeks, and I was mm. like, I feel like I, I feel like I left my heart in Avalon. Like, that, you know, like, that makes so much sense to me, like, because that it, that fulfillment, that, like, yeah. <sighs> I remember, like, there, there's this, like, freedom, this breath, this spaciousness around, like, this, that moment when you're like, yeah, like, I acknowledge that Avalon's calling me. It's like, your lungs expand. Yeah. And like, you can take this deep breath, like all of a sudden, you know, they're so light and, mm-hmm. and you're just like, yes, take me to Avalon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her mysteries unravel and there's so many different, there's, yeah. that, that's yeah. the amazing thing about Glastonbury too, is we've got the Christian mystics merging with the Buddhists, <laughs> yeah. merging with the pagans, merging with the, um, the ceremonialists. As it the should be though. Everyone can work, like walk together. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I, I love, love the work of Glastonbury Goddess Temple. I think it's fantastic what they do every year. I know I, so I've been to their, their temple twice. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely followed them online for years. Yeah. And, I follow them um, as well. I, yeah, I, I would just love, love, love to, um, join them for any of their in-person yes. things. I mean, it's fantastic, yes. but, um, <clears throat> because I don't live there, um, I ended up joining, um, the sisterhood of Avalon. Mm -hmm. um because I I was seeking Avalon still and really wanting to have a connection and um the Sisterhood of Avalon is actually an online group they have their own platform called the Isle um and their focus is on Welsh traditions and on Avalon and it's quite a large organization it's run by a lady named Gina um Telendru and she Mm -hmm. wrote um you you should definitely check these books out if you I've haven't heard. Just them. written everything you've said down. <laughs> Her first one is Avalon Within. Avalon Within. Yep. If you can't yep. make it to Avalon, if you can't make it to Glastonbury, this is such a good place to start because mm-hmm. she talks about accessing Avalon from within. Perfect. Right, because like we, there is this phenomenon of this place calling to us physically, but you can access Avalon anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely anywhere. And you don't have to ever have visited to be able to do a visualization or vision journey to cross through the mists into uh, Avalon. And um, my book has some, some stuff that kind of helps with parting the mist, but um, Gina's book is focused solely on Avalon. Um, and then she also has the other one, which is um, the mythic moons of Avalon. I haven't read it yet, yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm a big fan of her work. She's um, a, a dear friend of mine. So I, uh, I fully love her, her work. Beautiful. Very, very scholarly, um, very scholarly um, and, and a good mix of scholarly information with practical application. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Oop. That's my camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let's go back then. So how did you uh, start your journey as a witch? So was this something that you always were or like, did you grow up in a, an environment where you, everyone was a witch or how did it all unravel? And then how did you find your path as a water witch? I know you've kind of touched on it, but deep dive a little bit more. Okay. All right. So this is a long story, but yeah. um, so I did not grow up uh, with other magical folks. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I grew up in the exact opposite. Mm. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a Southern Baptist slash born wow. evangelical upbringing. Definitely um, the opposite. <laughs> yes. And needless to say, um, I'm the black sheep yes. of the family, you know. <laughs> Um, proud to be. Yeah, um, the black sheep is I, more fun. It, it is. It's been a hard path, but mm. there's there's nothing better than stepping into who you really are. One hundred percent. And really just like not allowing other people to dictate who you are, who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Hard, hard, so and you lose hard. A lot. And you yes. lose a lot, but you gain. What you gain is you so... gain yourself, which is the most important thing. It's so, and it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just know yourself and mm -hmm. be yourself, you know? Okay. So going back. All right. Yes. So um, growing up in this household, there was an emphasis on witchcraft was bad, yeah. but there was also this emphasis on spiritual warfare and understanding that there were other spirits that were, were bad and evil. And so I knew like, I had this healthy understanding that there was there was more out there because I yes. was taught that there was, um, but of course it was so evil. Um, and then growing up, um, being in that environment, I was homeschooled, mm -hmm. and so I did a lot of Bible study, um, and I would dive deep into Daniel and Revelations where there was magic, like. I, mm -hmm. I joined an adult Bible study just on the book of Daniel because I wanted to learn about magic mm -hmm. and I wanted to know why like these, these men that were standing in the fire were talking to this spirit and like, who was the spirit? And yeah. so it was this idea that, that there was spirit communication. It was all validated, but in a very like, but it's bad. Yeah. Uh, and then simultaneously. I was homeschooled. So I had a lot of free time yeah. and so I finished my school at noon. And then I would put on my Wellingtons and head out into the swamp because I grew up in Florida. Yes. So I would head out into the swamps <clears throat> and I would be out there until someone called me for dinner mm -hmm. and I was picking up snakes and, uh, <laughs> you know, like 
I was catching poisonous snakes in mason jars. I got grounded once yeah. for catching coral we snakes. don't recommend doing that, by the way. No, no, <laughs> I mean, it's bad, right? Like, really, like, I could have gotten myself hurt, right? But here I was catching snakes in mason jars. And, you know, I had, like, wild rabbits that were, like, mine. And Aww. I had um, just this, this wonderful connection with nature. I spent, like, six hours a day in nature. Yeah. So fast forward. And the next like really big important thing is besides spending all the time in the swamp, I would spend time either at the beach, at the river or at the springs. Yeah. And so um, the, the first spirit communication I had, I was about 12 or 13 and I water spirit communication. Let me clarify that because mm-hmm. I grew up seeing spirits. I saw them. We had like a ghost in our house that I like would regularly see like, mm-hmm. or an angel as we called them, you know, like stuff like this. Right. So, but the first like real water spirit contact I had, um, was right in that puberty time frame. I had started to, to have precognitive dreams. Um, and I'm immersed in nature And I'm at odds because I'm clearly becoming who I'm supposed to be in a family that eventually is, is not going to accept that at this Mm -hmm. point, you know, I don't even know what I'm becoming, but I remember being very upset, very hurt, um, very feeling, feeling very rejected, very just like, like why are these people treating me this way? Yeah. And I was crying and I walked up to the spring where the, the spring originated at a spring called rock Springs. And it, the water comes in and it flows and it turns into this really beautiful winding mm. current. And you can, you know, take your raft down and this kind of stuff. But I was upset. So I jump in the water and it's fast at this point and I get down low and I'm just kind of cruising through the water on my breath. And I scream under the water, just Mm. like, just as loud as I can, just like so upset, like crying. And I remember saying something about like, somebody save me, Mm. right? Because this is, I was feeling like I needed this saving and my foot struck a rock really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I was just kind of shaken by it and then upset and, got out of the water, looked, my foot had been punctured where, where I had hit the rock. Um, and it just was a tiny little like thing. Um, but what happens is it turns into a little scar and that scar Mm -hmm. is a tiny little downward pointing triangle. Yeah. Like the water symbol. Wow. (laughs) Right. Okay. Still haven't put two and two together yet though. You have been chosen. (laughs) Right. But I still don't know. Okay. I still don't know that this is everything that's happened. So fast forward. Um, and by the way, my mom was born in Birmingham. So I had actually visited Bath and, Mm. um, temple at as early as five years old. So there was, there was water spirit connection with her way back then as well. And, um, so Fast forward and my family moves from Florida away from the water to Arizona, Mm. to the middle of the desert. And I do high school there. And it is like the four worst years of my life. Like it's terrible. And then as soon as I graduate high school, which was like at 17, um, I, I turn 18 and like 18 and 30 days I'm out, I move out and I moved to Northern Arizona, 
not too far from Sedona, um, like 30 minutes from Sedona. And I go Mm to art school up there and there's sacred springs and I have water again and snow and things are good. And then I move back and things are not good and back and forth and back and forth. And then I get, I, I get married. I have a child. I'm living in North Carolina on the coast. Uh, and then the next thing you know, I'm moving to Okinawa, Japan. Wow. And it's a tiny little island. You might actually be familiar with it because it's quite, it's closer to you than- What's it than, called? Uh, Okinawa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, we moved to Okinawa for three years. Wow. And my, I, my son is one, two, three years old around this point. And I spend a ton of time on the beach. Mm. and um just really deeply connecting so I'd also been reading tarot for a while and I had been like interested in but you weren't a witch at this point yet I really hadn't read anything Mm -hmm. about witchcraft at this point but I was gravity I would find myself in these stores I would find myself you know all these places yeah it was calling it was there I was immersed in it Mm -hmm. and so um not long after I moved there, I got a catalog in the mail and, um, or my mother-in-law had gotten it and sent it to me. I don't even remember. It was so long ago, but I'm going to date myself here (laughs) in the back of it. In, in the, the very last page is this little black and white section with this tiny little two by two inch box Mm -hmm. that says witchcraft books. And I was like, what? what there's Mm -hmm. books on witchcraft Mm -hmm. like that's a thing oh my gosh so um I I ordered I ordered just like a stack everything like Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what I was ordering and I picked up I think it was Cunningham was the first one yes and I remember opening it getting about halfway through and just being like oh my god there's a word for me yes exactly yes I'm I'm a witch. Oh my God. So then I just, I just dove in. Like there was yeah. no, like, I was like that was everything, mm-hmm. everything that I, you know, every book I could read, every crystal I could get my hand on every plant I could get my hand on. And then I'm going to date myself again here. But then <laughs> on one Samhain, I was like, there's gotta be, if there's books on witchcraft, there's gotta be other witches. So yeah. I went to the witch box remember which box no, no but it sounds oh, amazing <laughs> it was so it was this platform it was like a 90s chat platform looking oh. type of thing and it was it was called witch box or the witch's voice and there was a huge directory for every state every city every country of covens and circles that you could go to so if you had a coven you could list it on this website wow. and then with a little description and if people were interested in you or your style they could contact you so I think I put in like witchcraft Okinawa and boom witch box comes up and there's a circle it's an American military Uh uh-huh I know just like right up the road it was American military but it was a fully sponsored pagan circle they had a a church back in the states that was sponsoring them they had permission to be meeting um by the chaplain on base and so I joined and kind of the rest is history from there we started practicing 
had a, a sacred beach that we would clean. Um, there was a shrine to the sea goddess. Still really hadn't put together, I was a water witch yet, right? Yeah. Or water priestess, but here I am doing the work. I'm cleaning the beach. I'm spending hours pulling all this trash off and then doing little rituals and walking the shores and singing to the water. And, you know, this beautiful white crane um, carcass, there was a dead crane um, mm -hmm. washed up at my feet. And I remember seeing this, these bones and this beautiful bird and just like knowing that it was like so magical, like it was a gift from the ocean. Um, and I took it and I, I absolutely put it to use mm -hmm. um, and, and in honor and reverence, of course. Um, <clears throat> so then I'm also belly dancing, by the way. Cool. Um, this time um, I'm young. I've got a really fit body and I'm the house dancer at the Istanbul Kebab House. So I've got dance going on, magic going on. It was just, it was a really wonderful time. Yeah. And then the clock ticks and I move back to the States, mm -hmm. back to North Carolina, mm -hmm. which is where I, on a, I'm going to date myself again, on a Yahoo chat <laughs> group on a Yahoo email string. I mean, I'm not even going to say the fact that I had like a MySpace at one point. Um, yeah, we've all had MySpace. We've all had MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, in a Yahoo chat group for North Carolina pagans, um, I basically was like in a little intro and I was like, I would love to formally study witchcraft someday, you know, ha ha ha, if anything mm -hmm. like that exists. And this lady that would soon become my teacher, my mentor, my dearest friend, um, came to me and like just messaged me and was like, hey, I saw what you wrote and I'm not trying to recruit you, but there are such things. And yeah. I know that there are such things because I offer one. Um, and then I think we talked for like two hours. And of course, I jumped right in and a year and a day later, you know, a little bit more than that, but yeah. you know, um, within that time frame, like 13 months, um, I was initiated and moving forward into my path. And that's when she was like, you're an Avalonian. And then that's when yeah. I started studying um, Avalon. And it was Avalon's pull to Glastonbury that made me say, oh, I'm a water witch. So it was, it was right around, like right after that initiation, so much was happening. I was joining a new program. I was learning that I was Avalonian. I was learning what Avalon it was, was. All happening. And a big part of Avalon are the sacred waters, the mm -hmm. Isle of Avalon, right? It's surrounded by a lake. We have stories of lake ladies. We have the modern day Glastonbury with the white and the red spring. By the way, there's a third, third, possibly a fourth spring in Glastonbury mm -hmm. One of them's, uh, called the black spring. Um, and then there's also Bridget. So this <gasps> has a lot Right. Wow. I know Brid Bridget Spring is um, the location I think is lost and we only have like the original like marker and it's in the wrong spot, but it was there at some point. Mm, uh, someone so needs to find that. Right. And so all this water is calling me. The waters of Avalon are calling mm. me. Um, and this is how I come back, come like being like, oh, I need to teach water magic. Well, okay, there, well, I, I guess I'm water. And then I started looking back at all of the points that I just told you it was always there. so many more to be like, holy crap. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like I was a water witch the whole time. Mm -hmm. And this Sula's deity 
has been with me the whole time. This spring spirit has also been with me the whole time. Didn't know. Now I know, um, you know, through meditations and vision journeys and magical works, like all of this revealed itself over a really long period of time, even things down to I'm, I'm a Cancer Sun with a Pisces moon and that one of my teachers was a quadruple Scorpio and the others, you know, Cancer yeah. as well. Um, so even my teachers were heavily um, influenced by watery astrology in their, in their charts. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of the short, wow. but also long version. <laughs> so was your husband, was he all supportive of it? Like, was he, oh, yeah. did he grow up in a Christian background or was he just like, yep, go for it? He did. Um, he grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. um, like very Catholic. Yeah. And, um, there's actually not a big jump from Catholicism into paganism Mm. um, and witchcraft because there's so many things that are similar. Like he'd be like, oh, it smells like church in here. Yeah, my husband's Catholic. Well, he grew up Catholic as well and I'll burn things. And he's like, oh, that reminds me of being in church. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, um, and, uh, you know, wearing things like St. Christopher's medals, like those are charms, Mm -hmm. you know. St. Bridget Um, is Bridget. Yep, mm-hmm. St. Bridget and then Mary. Yeah. The goddess Mary. Um, you know, she is an embodiment of the goddess. She's the goddess of the Christian pantheon, one of the goddesses of the Christian pantheon. Whether or not they want to admit or recognize her, she is the goddess of the Christian pantheon. Mm-hmm. She's the mother of the god. I mean, you know, there's there is no matter how they want to stamp it out they they exist and they're there so he actually had a um a, a little bit of a connection with mary so it it made sense to him cool. and um as as my high priestess says that man has got to have worshiped the goddess in a <laughs> <laughs> and i was like honestly i think so mm-hmm. um you know, when I first, uh, he, he's been there the whole time. We've been together for like ever and ever, yeah. um, like 18, 18 years or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, so he's been there for a lot of the awakening journey. I had had tarot cards before, you know, him. And then, and I was trying to read and Oracle cards and stuff like that. Um, so I was like light, like into it light. I still didn't know that witches existed, but I was like, tarot cards are cool. And like, (laughs) I'm going to read them. Um, but you know, I should have known when, you know, the Catholic boy bought me a fairy Oracle deck. It was like our third or fourth date or something like that. We went to Barnes and Noble or something. They had a fairy Oracle deck and, or borders. I don't know. It was a bookstore that used to be open. I don't think it is anymore, but I remember borders. It was so good. So good. Mm -hmm. Mm. I think it was borders. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, he's always been really supportive, That's nice. really, really supportive. And now we just, he, we walk the same path. He walks his version of it, but, yeah. um, he's, he, it's kind of hard to not be immersed in the energies of Avalon because I totally he agree. lives with me. Yeah. So my, <laughs> my son has recently told me that he's interested in Druidism. Um, wow. so, oh, it blew my mind. I was so excited. I actually yeah. didn't raise him to be pagan yeah. um, and, or a witch or anything like that. And the reason I did that is because it was religion was chosen and then forced. Exactly. Me. It's a personal and choice. 
it has to be a personal choice. And I thought to myself, if there's any way that I'm going to get him to choose, you know, the right path for him. And also, you know, maybe a pagan path <laughs> is to not promote it, mm. is to not have an agenda when it come when it came to what his path was. Totally. And um, it's, it's, it's worked out in my favor. He came to me when he was 12 after watching Kung Fu Panda and wanted to learn how to balance his chi and joined Wushu. You know, I can't be sad about that. And now he's like very interested in, in Druidism. And, cool. and I'm so, in, in druidism druidry druidism yes. isn't a thing druidry. <laughs> i got you <laughs> <laughs> um so you know i'm i'm ecstatic that he's yeah. exploring that whether or not he takes that path it's his choice mm-hmm. i'm just ecstatic that he's he's interested in it and it's something that he's come to on his own exactly I, you know, right Makes like it it way more personal for him as well and the connection will be even more special Yes. And it's exciting for me to watch because it's him choosing it and it's him choosing a path that's, that's similar to mine. And that's, that's so exciting for me Um, rather than just wondering if he's choosing it because of me, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that this is, you know, he's not trying to be an Avalonian witch, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's He's got his own spin on it exactly so it's yeah. really cool oh what a good story and I'm assuming the conversation then with your family didn't go amazing oh no <laughs> um I I um I was halfway out of the broom closet for a while mm. um and then my older sister was really open actually I was practicing Reiki and mm-hmm. she was going through her yoga training and I did some Reiki sessions on her and she was real open. Um, and then my books came out. Mm, no, my, th- th- we stopped talking before my books. Let me rephrase that. Um, I was living in Arizona again, cause I moved back for four years again, um, mm-hmm. in 2012, 13, 14, I did a quick stay. We'll just put it that way. I did a quick yeah. stay in Arizona again. Mostly actually I, I moved because I, wanted to be near my family yeah um, I thought that this would be a great opportunity to like get closer to them my younger sister um was becoming kind of an adult and I thought it would be great but no it did not go mm-hmm. um they I think that they would have preferred I stay away and them to have just never known or to have just been suspicious yeah um but it got bad. Like they started consulting missionaries in Africa about how to deal with me. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, it got really, really bad. And then on um, Easter of 2015, there was like a bit of a blow up um, over surprise, surprise, gay marriage. I pretty much wasn't having the rhetoric. No. And um, I kind of was like, no, we're not going to do this today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of stuck my foot in there and was like, hmm, terrible, awful humans. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> um, I'm paraphrasing like big time here. Um, and uh, then my, yeah, my youngest sister actually tried to like exercise Satan out of me. Um, and that was the end of it. I just, I left and I haven't gone back. Um, yeah. It was, there was a ton of grief. Um, it felt like it was very confusing because it felt like they had died, but they were still alive. Yeah, it's um, a weird they feeling. Were to me. And yes, so there was this this great loss that came with that and, and grief. And I'm not going to lie and say that 
it was amazing. No. It was awful. No, it's no, no. It's never going to be my, fun. Yeah, I spent a lot of money crying to my counselor, um, you know, like, mm-hmm. like doing all of the hard work to heal. Um, and I did. I absolutely did. And what came from that was this, all of the who I should be, what I should do, all of the shoulds fell away. Yeah. And just let me be me. And that's, that's the amazing thing about my partner. My son is, they don't want me to be anything but me. They, exactly. they like me for me. And so that, that was almost the catalyst for me to be like, you know what? I'm going to write the book. I'm yeah. going to be more public. I'm going to be louder online. If I'm going to be me, I'll go all the way. Yeah. Because for so long, like I thought, well, if I blow up on the internet, then they might not like me. They might mm. be upset. They might not want these things. Mm. And it had really held me back because I still wanted to exist within a framework where they liked me, where I was part yeah. of this family. And I was never going to be the, the person that belonged in their family was the person that they had created. Yeah, exactly. Not the person who you are. Right. And so realizing that I was never going to be that person, I, I chose to, to grow into me. There's this, um, this quote by a scientist, um, where he's talking about traveling to Mars or moving to Mars. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this quote and he says, there comes a choice in life when you either grow or, so there comes a choice in life where you either grow or you decay. Yeah. Grow or die. Though like, <sighs> and he's like, and I choose to grow. And I remember that quote being so potent at wow. that time because I was standing at that moment where I could grow through the pain or I could let Anwen, who I was, me, the witch, the priestess, everybody, like all of the work that I'd put into me, all of the, the time other people and mentors had spent, I could let that die or I could grow even more into to me. And uh, I chose to grow. Yeah, I chose to not shrivel, to not die, to put myself into this box, to exist in a way that someone else wanted me to. Um, and I'm glad for it because I have a rocky relationship with my mom, but now we text. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of being shy about my tattoos, I send her funny memes about, <laughs> uh, about them. And so I've really grown and it's kind of forced her to grow too, because she has to kind of accept them and they're not like mean or aggressive, but like there's one, there's um, an audio going around um, on Instagram and YouTube right now, mm. or TikTok right now that says, oh, what, you don't like girls with tattoos? Take me <laughs> off the roster. And it's like, it's this tiny little, like adorable little girl with like this dinosaur tattoo. And she's just like, you don't like girls with, that are tatted that take me off the roster. So I said that to her, right? Like with this, like, like, this is freaking hilarious. And she laughed at it, you know, but Progress. 10 years ago, it just would have been like, oh, like, <laughs> so, so even, even though I had to go through that process of death, um, the rebirth has kind of also pushed my family to accept me because yeah. I won't accept anything less anymore. Like you can accept me 
as Antoine Avalon, the water priestess, the witch, the Avalonian, the little bit crazy person, um, according to them, uh, <laughs> you know, like you can accept that person or you cannot have me at all. Exactly. And that's your loss. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been so transformational. So anybody out there that might be listening to this, mm-hmm. where maybe you're like, not sure what to do. And you're getting that, like that urge, that push of like, if I don't expand my wings right here, if I don't fly and become myself, then, you know, I feel like I'm going to die. If you're at that point, take the leap because yeah. yes, there will be grief and there will be, you know, sadness and things to process. But with that loss comes the most beautiful gain. And that's those beautiful butterfly wings that rebirth into who you are. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And it is hard, but you shouldn't live your life for someone else. You should live it for you. And you are a perfect example of that. And like, look at your wings, man. Look at your wings. They're pretty amazing. (laughs) That's just so good. It's so, it's a really inspiring story, I think. Um, So thank you for sharing that. I know, yeah. It's really cool. Really cool to hear. Um, so obviously your brain is filled with knowledge. Like just sitting here, I'm like, oh, wow, tell me more. So what would you then say to somebody who has that connection with water and they want to kind of, you know, work and connect more with it? So what would your first steps be? Like what it, what's the best way to kind of dive in? Because obviously you can say things like go to the ocean, go to a lake, whatever. But on a day-to-day basis, like how would you first start to build that connection? Mm, that's so good. And my first thought was going to be like, yeah, get out of, get out from behind the computer and get into nature. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the <laughs> things um, you can actually like research your watershed and like where your water comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, where does the water in your tap come from? Do you know? Um, and so that is one way to intimately connect with your local waters to find out where the water that you drink and that you shower with comes from. And you can do that with just like online research. It's different everywhere. Um, but, but beyond those type of things, like little daily rituals, um, for connecting with waters. One, if you have a water altar, mm-hmm. go to it every day. Yep. Every single day. And you can offer water there too. You could offer water to water, um, mm-hmm. especially like blessed water or singing bowls. Like you could put water in singing bowls and tone that and then mm-hmm. offer high vibrational waters or quartz uh, water or moon water, like these types of things, like just simple little offerings um, or on your ancestor altar or taking the leftover water in your cups from the day before. Um, I don't know if it's like my family where, you know, you take a drink and you put it down on the counter and like you get distracted by a dog and (laughs) later on you get another. And, you know, we end up with like little bits of water and in your cups everywhere. So instead of just tossing those things down the drain, putting them all together in a little bowl and offering them to a plant outside Mm -hmm. or your house plant, gifting them to the earth rather than, just tossing them away, right? Yes. So really using all of the water that that you that you take. Um, but one of my favorite things, and it's it's very circular, so you can get into the habit of doing it. Um, and that is, it's a protection ritual while you sleep. Mm-hmm. And so what you do before you go to bed is you just take a little bowl, just a little dish of water. 
Um, you, I mean, it can, it doesn't have to be fancy water. It does not need to be moon water or charmed water. Just be water from your tap. Just take mm -hmm. it right from your tap and place it in that little bowl and then place that bowl as close to your head where you're sleeping as possible. So if your pillow is here, you have a nightstand right next to it, put it on that nightstand. Um, or if your bed's next to a window and you have a little windowsill, you know, so it's, so it's really close to your physical body, but where you won't like roll over and, and toss it. If you're, uh, if you flail when you sleep, <laughs> yeah. I flail when I sleep. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so then um, you just leave it there. And what you can do is you can, you know, you got your little bowl, you can take your little finger and do a little pentagram um, for protection um, or whatever it is you can do protection while you, um, just for your physical body while you sleep, for your dream state, um, for both, um, or for charm it and, and charge it with the intent to catch negative energies Ooh, or like bad that. dreams um so it it's it becomes this vessel to actually pull the things the energies into the bowl rather than you mm -hmm. and so um the next like sleeping wake up the next morning yawn you know do all your things but the first like as soon as you get out of bed or is you know when that that moment that you leave your room right make sure you take the dish with you and just step outside and offer it straight to the earth. Mm -hmm. If you had a bad dream or something like a really terrible night's sleep, you can, you can flush it down the toilet because yeah. it's probably better to just get that energy gone. Yep. But if you're having pleasant dreams, you had a good night's sleep, just offering that to the earth. This is another reason why it's really good not to drink your water. Like you're, you know, you put a cup of water next to your nightstand before bed it's great to not drink that in the morning because that cup is doing kind of the same thing without, yeah. you know, without the, the employment, without you saying like, Hey, do it. But that's why I think it's, it tastes so stale. Yes, um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there that makes it's, sense. It's energy. So you, you create this little vessel of water to trap bad dreams, bad energy. Um, I mean, you can even evil eye, you know, like that's a great one. I love putting little evil eye charms in bowls of water to kind of amplify that. Mm. If you know that there is gossip going on about you, um, if you know that there is like, you have someone that is just massively hating on you, it's a fact. Maybe it's your boss, someone at work. Um, we we all come across these energies constantly. Mm -hmm. um, I, I said this um, actually yesterday to someone else, like nobody throws a better stink eye than um, a woman with a sister wound. Um, <laughs> right? You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She's pissed off about everything. Every woman in her life has stabbed her in mm -hmm. the back. She saw you doing good and she doesn't like it. That's so and, true. You know, <laughs> it's all about her and where she's at and that kind of thing. But man, that power behind that, it's that evil eye. Yeah, it can be quite powerful. So if you know that something like that is happening and you're in the midst of it, take a bead, Take a, take an evil eye pendant, drop it in that bowl too, mm. and give it an extra like, okay. And also catch all the evil eye. But the important part is to dump that water first thing in the morning yeah. to get that energy out of your space. And also to make sure that you charge it with that in particular intent or employment before you fall asleep. So that you're, you're like, yes, please be this like bad dream energy, evil eye catcher while I sleep, mm -hmm. actively work 
and you can do swirls. I love swirls because it's like activation movement into the water. Mm. So if you're not a pentagram person, if you don't use those in your practices a lot, consider swirls with the idea of stirring the waters to kind of get them moving and employing them to work while you sleep. I love that. That's inspired me. And I'm also going to use that as the excuse as to why I have so many cups of water left in my bedroom. Like they're just collecting the bad energy. Okay. It's not me leaving them. (laughs) Now I had so many questions for you, but time has flown because you're just filled with too much information. So I have to get you back. I have to, because there's more I want to know. Um, but tell me now what's next for you. What can we see? Have you got work coming out? Like where can we pick your brain more? Yes. Okay. So I'm in a really funky in between spot because (laughs) my next manuscript is due in 30 days. You can Uh, do it. First draft. First draft. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not worried about completing it, but I'm like in the thick of it. And all I want to do is talk about it. Yeah. And I can't. I can't not that's yet. why you need to come back um so that the the thing that I'm like in the thick of working on I can't talk about yet mm-hmm. um I will say that it's not focused on water mm. but I mean water plays a huge part of it mm-hmm. so, but it's not a book about water I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that much um but it uh it certainly is full of water and is definitely uh complimentary um, so that's all I can give there, but, um, live streams on Wednesday, I do a live stream on Wednesday on Instagram. Yes. Um, it's 11 AM Pacific standard. I had Amy Blackthorne on. Uh, I saw that week. actually, I started watching it a little bit and I'm, I'm going to go back because then I had to talk to you. So I will go and watch that. Yeah. Yeah. It's saved in the archive. I save all of the, um, live streams. So if anybody's looking through the live stream archive, there's like tons, you go back, like there's hours of talking. Um, so, um, I I have Instagram is my main platform. I do have a Facebook. You can find me there under Anwen Avalon. Um, I just don't use it as much. I also have a Twitter, which is, uh, waters of Avalon, I believe. Um, and, um, but Instagram, Instagram is That's my jam. jam. <laughs> yeah. um, I also have a YouTube channel, Anwen Avalon, <laughs> that I haven't put a lot of videos out on, but they there are videos that go back a couple of years. And then um, I do have a TikTok. I, TikTok is kind of just everything on Instagram cool. repost. Um, but it is, I do have a TikTok. I'm working on that. You know, trying to stay like up, with the, the new technology with the cool and the kids platforms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying so hard to, <laughs> yes, to stay uh, up with the, the technology but um you know I figure I'll keep it up for a little bit and then yep. eventually yep. I'll I'll it'll get too much for me and I'll you know so yeah so um I also have um you can find all of like access to everything that I do on anwinavalon.com. It's a new uh, portfolio website that is literally there so that you can remember one website and then can find everything else. I love that. Not complete, but it's, it's three quarters of the way done. um, And it's active. Um, But if, yeah, if you want to see about my books, you can get direct link there. If you want to learn about water witchcraft, you can direct link to waterwitchcraft.com. I have um, water priestess training um, and so there's um, waterpriestess.com. So water witchcraft, actually waterwitchcraft.com. I have a 
introduction, like a water witchcraft 101 mm-hmm. um, course that you can just instantly download. Um, that's up there. And then I have a nine month water magic course, but it, it starts every March. So mm-hmm. it's, it, we're already um, in the middle of it. So it won't start again till March, but then water priestess training is on waterpriestess.com. And the first, the intro course is free. Um, so all you have to do is put your email in and it should auto send you the um, information and you can click on the link, join the Google classroom and all of the lessons are in there and you can just work through them at your own pace. And then that leads on to level two and level three. And there's different um, uh, ways to, to do that. You can just do the course um, for cheaper, or you can do mentorship with me if, if you'd like. So there's, there's two options. So good. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Now, last question. Well, kind of what is we've done the morning. So how do you end your day? Do you have an evening ritual? Oh, that's good. Actually. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. It tends, it varies. Mm -hmm. It definitely varies. Um, this is, this is totally like mundane, like not magical in Do any it. way. Um, <laughs> but my son is really into Doctor Who right now. Mm-hmm. So we eat dinner and then we watch an episode of Doctor Who. That's and nice. it's, it's really become like a very nice, like, um, I don't know. I've really, I've really been enjoying it. Oh, I've, that's I've nice. seen them all already. So to watch him watch them and like all of the spoilers, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know how like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah you've got to go back and forth so it's not magical at all but it's been something that I've just really loved um magical wise though that like giving that like that little dish of water placing yep. that right next to the bed is something that I do on um, on a regular basis every once in a while I'll fall out of practice and then I'll get back on the wagon um in the darker months I tend to end up in the bath a lot yeah uh in the winter time um you know, four or five o'clock in the evening, it's dark here. And so um, it's hard to adjust. And so I found myself um, being like, oh, it's time for bed. Like six. (laughs) 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 So I, you know, I've been finding ways to like relax. And so I I did a lot of ritual baths. Um, Now that it's warmer and so cold during the winter too. So to like sink into that warm water. Mm. Um, So yeah, um, either sitting in the jacuzzi, which is, um, uh, so the jacuzzi that I have as I don't put chemicals in it. I just, it's like one of the blow up ones. So I just Beautiful. clean it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so sitting in that, um, and doing some stargazing mm-hmm. is nice. has been fantastic. Again, this is all during the, the darker months now that it's so bright and it's, you know, in a couple of days, it's going to be, you know, the solstice and it's, you know, the sun won't set until 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find myself actually uh, in the garden a mm-hmm. lot um, and just walking the garden and it's so nice and cool and it's crisp. And there's um, oftentimes there'll be like this mist that comes in right at that dusk period mm-hmm. where the, the sun is setting so you can almost see it roll in and there's it's very very magical so picking flowers and roses um 
and just kind of like watching Beautiful. the mist roll in. And, and I have a creek actually that runs the whole length of the property um, mm-hmm. from behind the magic room all the way down. Um, and so I'll often go down there and sit in that, that twilight time period until the bugs get a little bit too buggy yeah because <laughs> um, <laughs> down by the water they get a lot but yeah I tend to do a lot of um, outside walking through the garden wild harvesting um, or harvesting in the garden and gathering things because it's it's just such a beautiful cool time and that that liminal space that was in between space my favorite time there's so much magic. There, there is. really That's is. Always been the, so. like the fairies come alive as well. Like you can feel mm-hmm. nature is so electric. Yes. So yeah, connecting with nature, with it being this, these be- this beautiful sunny time frame, um, is yeah. That's kind of where I've been. Beautiful. Yeah. That sounds perfect. So good. Okay. Last thing is, I have got a five question fire round for you. This is a last okay. minute getting to know you. No pressure. So first <laughs> question, what is a movie you could watch a thousand times and never get sick of? Oh my gosh. Oh, you guys are gonna. Okay. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin, the made the 1997, Ooh. I think, made for TV Merlin with um 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 uh Martin Short is oh, in it. Cool. And um it's one of the first um Helen Helen Bottom Carter. Yes. Morgan LeFay <gasps> in there. She would be so good at that. She's so young in this though. I mean she's she's so young. It's it's, it's crazy to see cool. her so young. And um Isabella Rossellini mm-hmm. is Nimue. Um wow. so it's got some big characters but oh my god I mean it was made in 1997 the 90s it's so cheesy though cheesy graphics yes. but that that and Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley I've watched cool. that one nice one yeah, that Marilyn I don't know what it is it just it it does something about like <laughs> that like fantasy realm and I don't know. I love it. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, what's a book that changed your life? Um, Cunningham. I'm just like the, the author, Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Incense, Oils and Brews, I think, um, was the one because I remember just like being like every recipe in there, um, wanting to make it and and, and doing right the practice of witchcraft after I had that like oh my gosh I'm a witch then it was like now I will do all the things that I always did with intent Mm -hmm. um and so I just started making things and it was in that practice where things really shifted and really did like validate and change my life um but codependent no more Mm -hmm. um by Melanie Beatty um was another one that changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And anybody that comes from a history of trauma or abuse or alcoholism or um, anything like that, like with a parent, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up with a parent like this, um, this book changed my life because it really teaches you how to not be responsible for other people's problems Mm -hmm. and how to be responsible for your own. Um, So yeah, if if anybody's grown up with trauma um, or abuse or an alcoholic parent, that 
It's a life changer. Check that one out for sure. Um, do you have an animal that you have a special connection with? And it could be like a pet or it could be a kind of animal. The heron, mm-hmm. um, the, the blue heron. Yep. Um, I've got cats. I've got chickens. I've got a peacock. Oh, uh, and I've cool. Got um, but the blue heron has just been this, this guide. There's mm. the blue heron shows up over and over and they're aquatic birds. They actually embody land, sea, and sky, the Celtic, the three Celtic realms, the land being standing in the mud, the sea being the water, it's a water bird, and the sky being the flying. Um, But they're messengers um, of the gods, and uh, they have a very powerful um, medicine and message. Mm, they're liminal they're they're liminal creatures as well because they stand in that that liminal marshy land yeah in dawn and dusk and so yes yes, liminal good answer I love that one um if you could travel anywhere in the world right now where would it be oh back to England (laughs) (laughs) even though I was just there like two weeks ago I know I got home, um, actually, no, it's more than two weeks. It's three weeks now, but you know, I got home at the end of May and I'm ready to go back. Oh, so. I was watching all your stories on Instagram when you were there and I was living through you. Cause I was like, ah, that looks amazing. <laughs> I have so many more to share, but like Please my do. stone, nobody loved my Stonehenge reel. So I got like super sad oh, about it. I did. Uh, I did. And if I didn't, oh, I'll double like it. Cause I was watching okay. it. Before, I was at last night or this morning and I was like, oh, Cause we, when we were over in England, we were going to go to Stonehenge, but we had, our kids were like, how old, like two and three at the time. And you know, it's like when you travel with kids, it's, it, you just, you don't get to do all the things that you want to do. So yes. next time we're doing Stonehenge. Go on their website and poke around because I think it's 75, it might be 50 pounds a person. Mm. It's, it's, it's something ridiculously like it's not too expensive, but it's mm. it's not cheap. Um, and you can book before and after hours. So all of those pictures, that reel, I don't know if you notice, I'm not outside of the ropes. No. I'm inside the stones. Stop. I'm in, That's I'm amazing. In I'm in the I'm middle doing of that them. for sure. See, so before just, I go over there, I'm going to be talking to you going, tell me all the things I need to know. You just have to go on their website. You have to fill out the form. You have to chip, pick your date and your time. They'll let 20 people at a time. Mm-hmm. So you may be in there with like strangers, um, in there. but it, it's 20 people at a time. And yeah. And there Ooh. was in that reel, there was this flat stone. I don't know if you saw it, it was a flat stone and it had like a little like uh indent and yeah. there was water in it um I don't Did know if you saw that in real so I had gone to the chalice well and I had this little tiny like two or three inch flask hanging on my backpack and it had spring water from a, a different spring a sil- silver spring mm-hmm. um not in Glastonbury this one was down by Cern Abbas and um I, I quickly drank it and I said to the so there's security guards on the outside and then there's like the a guy that like talks and, and, yeah. and, you know, answers questions and stuff. So he, I, I waited till he was finished talking and I kind of went over and I was like, 
I know that we're not allowed to touch the stones. So if I promise to not touch the stone and only touch the water, can I get some water? Because yeah. I was like, I'm looking at the hole and the hole is like, you know, a couple inches deep. My flask is only like an inch. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, that's fine. So I put that little tiny flask down into that water and I have a tiny flask. And then I had my ancestor beads on too. And I dipped those in as well. Um, so I have this tiny flask of water that was dew basically that was collected wow. it hadn't rained in a couple of days so this dew collected in one of these sacred stones oh my uh, god and I didn't touch the stone so I won't get well in trouble or kicked <laughs> out. um but um yeah this you know throughout antiquity and um all over the place there's these stones uh especially in the celtic lands where mm-hmm. they have what are called cup and ring marks and they go all the way back um to you know ancient times but do collected from these these indents in the stone was considered to be like extra powerful yeah. so i have like this tiny little vial of some of the most potent water i've ever collected um and that was yeah from stonehenge so that definitely is amazing if you can see if you can go in to the stones it's there's like usually like two spots at dawn and two spots at dusk beautiful uh, good tip yeah. I will be doing that thank you and final question what is your definition of happiness oh oh that's a tough one okay um allowing yourself to have the butterfly wings mm-hmm. yeah not you know I think the caterpillar is so perfect because you know the little caterpillar doesn't feel like he's much he's just one of the the many munching on the plants yeah and then there's that constriction of being in the cocoon of being constricted and then that death portion and then the rebirth so I think that happiness is going through that transformation so that you can become who you really are, who you're meant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's happiness because we we're never happy until mm-hmm. we are who, like fully in ourselves. In fact, a lot of people that are unhappy, if you look at the root of it, it's because they're not fully in themselves. They're still living by someone else's standards. Mm-hmm. So yeah, happiness is living by your own standards and letting your wings spread, becoming the act of becoming you. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Thank you I'm sorry, so this was much. supposed to be rapid fire and I like went oh, on. Oh no, like that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> our interview is also going to be an hour. Remember we're like, yeah, 45 an hour. It's an hour and a half. So that's totally fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and for like sharing all your wisdom. I'm not joking. I am going to get you back to answer the rest of my questions. Um, but everyone check out Anwen on Instagram. She does these beautiful reels and that's, they're so informative and inspiring. So if you're really into water magic, go and follow her now. Just stop listening and go and follow her and read her books because they are also as beautifully written and inspiring and motivating and all that stuff. So go check out everything she's done because she's amazing. Um, but thank you. I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.